welcome to Just Folks Conversations with Emma, a space, a comfortable space where people come to share. You are going to hear personal stories of virtues, victories, challenges, setbacks, accomplishments, observations, and teachable moments, all rooted in spiritual principles. I'm Emma. Come on in. I've been waiting for you. Well, folks, hi there. Welcome to Just Folks Conversations with Emma, and I'm Emma. Boy, are you in for a treat. Um, Some people say it's serendipity, and some people say it's divine intervention. Take your pick. I say divine intervention. We're going to have a, a journey, a conversation today with a young lady who is very gifted. Um, she's a poet and she's going to share some of her new works. I'm really excited about talking to her because she hasn't published yet. And she's one of those gems that you can say, I saw her here first. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Erin Wiley. Hi, Erin. Hi, Emma. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. Um, it's a lovely day outside. Uh, cold, but it's not Texas. You know, we're not snowed in. We're not frozen. We have water and heat. So I'd say we're, you know, pretty good shape over here on the East Coast in Baltimore. Agreed. So, um, should I should I share with the with the audience to say how we connected? Sure. I think it's a funny, it's a great story. So sure. Okay. All right. Well, um, way back in 1968, I graduated from high school. And believe it or not, my graduation from high school has a direct tie-in to Aaron. When I graduated, uh, I went one way, my classmates went another. I never attended a high school reunion and they had them every five years until we got to our 50th reunion. At that point, I realized if I don't make this one, it's probably, you know, they may not have a, a 55th reunion. I mean, that's, that's a lot of numbers. So I reconnected with people I actually had not seen since I graduated from high school 50 years ago. And now it's 52 or three. Oh my gosh, time's flying. Well, anyway, uh, my, my two friends that I reconnected with and I, um, we chit chat every month. And this last chat we had, one of them, my friend Marjorie, shared a poem that absolutely blew me out of my seat. It was just so incredible. And it came on the back of this amazing performance I'm sure most of you have already seen and heard of Amanda Gorman and her, her uh, poem that she presented for the inauguration was absolutely spectacular. It inspired a lot of people. Marjorie shared it with us, our two high school friends, and it was written, it inspired actually uh, Aaron, who wrote a poem called I, Amanda. And so I'd really like to start right there, if you would, Aaron, if you'd share that poem. Sure.
I am ready, whispers the mirror with flesh-toned lips of a shade known by another name. I am adorned in simple jewels of tradition, the words from my fingertips honoring the sages and the ancestors as I speak for and speak over my land, my people, my generation. I am crowned with wisdom that insistently unites us even as I offer muted acknowledgement of that which divides us. I am robed with wings of beautiful bird song, soaring now freely toward a horizon, arrayed in hues that fill me with hope, empower me with promise, and awaken me with the light of a new day. I, Amanda, am ready. We must all be ready. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that is, mm, that just moves me so much on, on so many levels. So what was it about Amanda's presentation or about Amanda herself that motivated you to, to write? Um, I would say for me, it was honestly the, it was just the moment, like the, the way that she was so present in that moment in such a huge way, but because of the way she carried herself, it was almost matter of fact, you know what I mean? Like everybody else was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And she was just kind of like, this is me. Like, this is what I was born to do. This is. The, the moment I was meant to step into, this is the message I was meant to deliver. And so therefore, like, it's not a moment that's bigger than me. It's not a moment that's too big for me. It's a moment that is directly made for me. And I just loved how um, I actually didn't see it live. Um, we were home and I watched, you know, I was watching the inauguration here and there, but I have, a, I have a little one that runs around. And so we were kind of flitting in and out. Um, so I came back, but I heard my husband was like, you have to watch the poet. You have to watch the poet. And so later when I had some time to myself, I sat down and I found the recording and I was just transfixed by her appearance, her presence and her words. Um, and so the way the poem itself actually came about is kind of kind of off an offshoot of that because the the way Marjorie heard it is that we have kind of a social um, call at work um, once a week where we just everybody kind of comes together and just kind of chit chats about whatever and sometimes people come to talk about a specific topic and our director had recently, after the inauguration, she had sent a message kind of saying how moved she was by Amanda Gorman. And so I was like, well, maybe I can volunteer to talk about spoken word because I, you know, I don't know, but I assume that a lot of my colleagues may not have had much experience with it. So um, in light of Amanda's, you know, amazing, you know, presence and performance, I was like, you know, I'll talk about spoken word. And once I made that decision, it immediately came, well, you need to demonstrate spoken word, so you should write a poem. And I was like, okay, so I'll write something. And I don't even, I, I never know really where the inspiration actually comes from, but it's clear when it does. And it was like, okay, write about Amanda. I said, okay. 
And then it was like, well, write about, look at her. Like you were stunned by her appearance, write about her outfit. What was she wearing and why? Because um, I love, I love so many poets because they're so thoughtful and intentional about everything they do. I wish I could say that about myself. I'm not always that thoughtful and intentional, but um, a lot of poets, they intentionally build symbolism into everything that they do of their, when, when they, when they speak. And so, um, you know, I read that, you know, her jewelry was gifted to her by Oprah, which is a tradition that, you know, she's carried on and that the ring on her finger was actually a caged bird, which was, you know, in honor of Maya Angelou. And, you know, there were just so many. And then so the, her colors represented things to me, like, you know, the red in her um, her headband and also the mask that she wore was red. So the piece where I say, you know, she's crowned with wisdom that insistently unites us. I thought about, you know, red being the color of blood. All of us bleed red. We all bleed the same. And so that is something that unites us regardless of all of the external factors. Um, and yet the mask she wore was also red. So that's something that divides us, you know. So that just, I just found so many beautiful words that came out of the the way that she presented herself. And from that, that's kind of where the poem came. And I, I I usually don't write short poems. I should say that. Like my stuff is always lengthy. This might be the shortest thing I've ever written. <laughs> okay. um, but I loved it. So I'm glad it's, you liked it too. I love it. It's certainly very powerful. And you also wrote it in first person. So it's it's as if you also identify personally with her. Is that is that true? Yeah. Um I think I I the the word the phrase I am has come to be very important to me over mm -hmm. the past few years, um, just spiritually because I recognize the power of affirmation and the things that we say, you know, are the things that ultimately we speak into our lives. And so, you know, I felt like, as, you know, as she stepped into that moment, I could hear her, you know, saying these things like, you know, I'm ready. I've, I have wisdom. I have truth. I have all of these things. This is all who I am. And I think each of us, in our moments and in, in our place, in the places that we go, we all have our own I am statements and, you know, the power of being able to form those for yourself and state them with authority and conviction um, really dictate, you know, where you go in life. And so I, I, I definitely, it resonated with me, the power of being able to make I am statements about myself that really speak to who I am and who I am becoming. That is, uh, that's a really powerful explanation of the use of uh, affirmations. And for people who may or may not be familiar with them, would you like to talk a bit about what an affirmation does and you know, how, how they can be used? Sure, so, I mean, my understanding of affirmations is basically, you know, just about everything that we speak at the end of I am is an affirmation. And sometimes we affirm negative things about ourselves. Like there's lots of negative, you know, truths that I use, things that I used to think were true about myself. You know, I used to say, you know, I am not a good cook and I am not the best 
XYZ thing. And I realized every time I put something on the end of I am, you know, I was, you know, making those things true about myself. And so I discovered that I am statements and affirmations are really speaking truth and speaking the things that even if you can't see it, even if it doesn't feel that way in the moment, these are truths that I am holding to. And I am expecting now by speaking them, I'm expecting them to show up in my life and to manifest in my experience. And so you are actually speaking your future into existence. You are creating it as you, and really yes. being the creator. You're co-creating really, you know, with, with what I would say is your divine, your divinity, you know, your access to yes. divinity. Hmm, that's beautiful. Yes. You're v- very young to have that kind of understanding. How, how, what led you to that? Oh boy. <laughs> um, my spiritual journey has been really interesting over the past maybe five years. Um, so, you know, I was raised in a, you know, a tradition that, you know, was the tradition I've had since birth and my family all practices and, you know, we're all part of the same family. And I love the the faith tradition that I grew up in. Um, and yet there's always been pieces that felt, I don't want to say challenging, but maybe things that didn't quite resonate with me spiritually. Um, and so when I was younger, you know, you're kind of in a position where you don't feel, you're not really allowed to question things. You're just kind of taught, this is what you do. This is what we believe and go. Um, and so, you know, I just, shrug my shoulders. I'm kind of a rule follower. So it was like, okay, that's what we do. All right. And then as I started getting older, um, it became kind of like, yeah, I don't really know that I want to do that anymore. Um, and I discovered, I started discovering other um, faith paths, other faith practices, belief systems. And I'll say that I, despite my own upbringing, I have always honored and appreciated and celebrated other faith traditions. Um, That's just who I am as a human being. Um, I love people. I love the beautiful spectrum of experience. And so, but I never gave myself permission to think outside of the box that I was comfortable with and that I had known. Um, Until, I guess it's probably been more than five years now because my little one's about to be four. So it might've been closer to like seven or eight years um, that I stumbled on, you know, kind of like you said, serendipity, divine intervention. Um, I just found myself in conversations with people that were just practicing different spiritualities and hearing them talk about things. I was like, oh, this is a thing. Like you could, this is actually like an existing thought process and philosophy and faith belief system, whatever you want to call it. Um, There are actually a lot of people out there in the world that already feel the way that I do. Um, And it was like life, it was life changing Um, because knowing that that community existed gave me the permission I needed to explore outside of the box. And so the past, seven, eight years, I've just been out exploring outside of the box and discovering new ways of encountering, you know, what I, what I knew, what I know of as God, but the divine, like you said, and all of the 
the beautiful ways that the, that the divine is manifested in our lives and in our world and in our in us. And every day, it's just it's an adventure. Like I'm always excited to discover new truths that resonate with me spiritually because it really it feels like coming home, really. Um, for my spirit and it's like wow all of these years and I never knew but now that I know it's like ah it's like my whole being just breathes these sighs of relief <laughs> mm, spoken like a poet too um <laughs> that shows up for you though in your life in what ways I mean are you do you interact with people on a different level how does it impact how you approach your job and what does that look like I mean, a, a lot of it impacts more of the way that it has freed me to express my true self more vocally and more openly and not being so concerned about presenting the picture that's expected of me. Um, I'm not, in no way, shape, or form, am I really a very radical, like, flashy kind of person. At the same time, I know, and part of this journey has been coming into the understanding of the power and the value and the worth of my true authentic voice. And so having discovered poetry and really realizing that I actually have a poetic gift um, was hard for me to even come to because I, I don't often give myself credit for things. It's always people outside to say, oh, well, you do this and you do that. And I'm like, oh, I guess I do. <laughs> um, so I think, I've, I think I feel more free to be who I am everywhere that I go instead of stifling myself in certain places because I don't want, because I don't want to offend and I don't want to make other people uncomfortable. That's also very much a part of my nature. Mm -hmm. um, so what I've done more of is I, I am still my authentic self in those spaces, but I'm mindful of making sure that whatever comes out of my mouth is still my truth. I may couch it. Yeah, I may couch it in a way that is easier for someone to understand that may not relate to where I am spiritually, but I still say what is mine to say, and I still speak from the place of where I am um, currently. And I think the way that it shows up the most is really with my family. Um, my children have two daughters. One's a, one's a little one and one's a big one. Um, I have a uh, almost four-year-old and an almost sixteen-year-old, so um, I can I have conversations about faith with my teenager, and you know because she's been raised in the same tradition, but I am I am I have given her I've talked to her a lot about my journey and what a challenge it was for me to give myself permission to explore, and so now she knows that she has that permission to explore and to question and to challenge and to just reject, like that doesn't serve me spiritually. So I don't have to subscribe to that. Um, and that feels has, so good. It should, I mean, has it made you closer? You know, teenagers can, I mean, notoriously difficult, you know, they're going through this transition between childhood and adulthood. 
and it's a back and forth. So if you're able to have that kind of open discourse with your daughter. Yeah. I mean, she's, we've always been close. She, she's a very, she's a, she's a very engaging person. I mean, she's in her teenage years, she does, you know, do more kind of going in a room. She likes to draw. So she, you know, goes into her teenage world and stays there for long periods of time. But, you know, we have conversations about stuff all hours of the night. If she's for whatever reason, staying up late and she sees me up, she'll just say, mom, guess what? And then we're talking for two, three hours about, you know, strange things that I don't really understand, but she's excited about. So, you know, so she, we have a good relationship anyway. Um, but this is, this is another um, portion of that. And one that is important to me that, you know, she knows that she has that freedom um, to really see what, you know, see what God is doing in her spiritually, even if it's not the same thing that he's doing in me and in other people around her. And just a quick question, does she, is she schooling at home in, or in person? Yeah, she's currently um, schooling at home. She's been schooling at home, you know, since, since the start of the school year, but her school is getting ready to move into hybrid, um, but they have the op, they, they, they're their first phase, they're still giving the families the option. Like they're moving to hybrid, but if you want to keep your kid fully virtual, you can. And I've okay. asked her. Oh, go ahead. Finish. Um, I've asked her, you know, do you want to go back? You know, when they start, do you want to be, you know, two days there and two days not? And she was like, I don't think so. Not at the beginning. Um, she wants to wait. And mm -hmm. she's, she, she's, you know, she has kind of a, an old mindset. She's like, I'm sorry, but we're teenagers. And she's like, and we haven't seen each other in a year. I really don't think the social distancing thing is going to work. So I think I'll wait. <laughs> she's right. like, okay. She's, that's an excellent decision. Um, one of the things I was thinking about is the fact that because most of us have so much more time at home because of the social distancing, being able to ask those kinds of questions about your spiritual journey uh, at this time, especially in your teen years is really critical. So that is one of those things that for me looks like an inadvertent blessing. You know, we may have looked at the situation initially as, oh, you know, this is a disaster of some sort, um, but there are a number of good things that are coming out of it if we take time to reflect on that. Yeah, I mean, it's for me, you know, I, it's often been hard because I feel like our family has really, we have many, many blessings um, that have really come as a result of being at home more. Um, because prior, you know, there's four of us. And even though two of only two of us drive, there were often times where it felt like all four of us were in different directions. And being at home has really given us the opportunity to center ourselves individually and collectively. Um, and each of us has kind of come into new ways of being as individual people. And it's been, it's been powerful. And it's, sometimes it's hard because I do have so many, you know, loved ones who this time at home has not been good, has not been peaceful, has really exacerbated a lot of existing hardships. Um, and that's been hard. Um, but I've, like you said, I've just, I've remained grateful for you know the things that we've been able to experience and how the how this time has has really transformed each of us in in really good positive ways. 
Well, I was wondering how has it impacted your writing? Do you have any poems that reflect some of your experiences on this journey? I don't actually. I my so my time, as much as all of that has happened, my time at home is still very like limited, um, mainly because I have a toddler with me 24 hours a day. So so much of my my time and energy is focused on being with her, which is awesome. Um, so I, one of the challenges that I have is actually giving myself space and time to sit down and write. Um, so I have it, like this poem is the, the Amanda poem is really the first thing that I've written in, let's see, the last thing I wrote before that was back in October, um, which was not anything that was very much about the pandemic. I did write one thing shortly after um, the George Floyd killing, um, which um, which is one that I could share if you're interested. It's, it was, okay, I'll read it and then I'll talk about it. How about that? I haven't read this aloud, so you have to bear with me. This is called, And Love Held the World. <clears throat> In the twinkling twilight, the child stood still with troubled and turbulent eyes. I'll tell you a story, said a voice on the wind. It's as timeless as the skies. It begins the day I met you, and it's my favorite tale. It travels across all space and time and ends when we prevail. It tells of your great promise since the day you came to be and all the ways you've lived up to the dream you are to me. I'll show you what a mighty work began when you were born and share how much we triumph when you pass through each new storm. It covers ground that's rocky when you thought you'd lost your way and shows that when together, you and I can face each day. So pause and rest and listen, just a moment, maybe two, and I'll show you my favorite gift, the precious truth of you. I know the things that haunt you, whether hidden or in plain sight, but I will always cover and protect you with my light. I've heard your cries of mourning and your silent screams of rage. And I've overseen your healing carried through from age to age. I've seen your wars and fighting, even as you long for peace. And yet I've known the best of you. My faith in you won't cease. When you choose to disregard me, it's your distance that I grieve. But you've never been without me, no matter what you may believe. You've read and written stories trying to evaluate your worth to me, you're simply priceless and have been so since your birth. I only see you beautiful, not your actions or your kind. And when you doubt your goodness, there's no question in my mind. Who are you, said the wondering child, for you must have a name. Call me anything you like, I'll still remain the same. My child, it's time for you to rest, a moment to be still. I have the answers that you seek. I'll share them if you will. You see, I long to carry you to places far and near. There's power when you speak for me to those who need to hear. 
Draw near to me, come very close, and I'll show you my way. Just tune your ear to seek my voice, to guide the words you say. Yes, come to me, the voice implored, with hand gently unfurled. The child stepped forth into its palm, and love held the world. That was absolutely beautiful. That is beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. That you, you have my attention. The imagery is just um, so powerful and your precise use of language. Very, very lovely. Very lovely. Thank you. So what would you like to say about that poem? Um, so in the midst of all of the, the turmoil and the very, such intense emotion and outcry and experiences that were, I mean, they were across the board, the spectrum of, of expression um, that was happening in the world um, following the George Floyd killings was I had a hard time articulating and trying to figure out how I felt about it. Um, anger is not an emotion that I experience very often. It's just not, it's almost like it's, it's almost like if somebody wrote the code that said, these are your, this is your menu of emotions. It's like they left anger off. It just doesn't happen for me. Um, what tends to happen on the other side though is very deep sadness. And it's almost, it's a grieving of rather than being angry at something happening, I'm always more aggrieved by what that thing means about our relationships to one another. So like my, my, I, I, I felt like, you know, I, I'm not the world, I'm not mother nature, but I almost felt like, I felt like the earth was just crying about the state of its children and how they were experiencing these things and how they were feeling about one another and anything that, anytime there's no harmony or discord or there's the pieces disrupted, just my whole inside just grieves and grieves and grieves. And it just took me, it was hard because I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't really say that to many people because everybody was so angry. Hmm. And it felt like my emotional response was too soft for some people to hear. Um, so I kind of stayed off of social media. I didn't really talk about it very much. I really kept a lot inside because I couldn't think of a place where what I needed to say would be heard and not met with some kind of, you know, backlash almost almost you know there's so much you know if you don't feel this way you're part of the problem and if you're not feeling this and if you're not saying these things then there's something wrong with you you know and it was like okay I don't believe in making myself a target for other people's emotion um mm -hmm. if I can help it so you know I kind of stepped back and when I finally picked up my pen in this poem usually when I write when it comes to me, it comes to me quickly. And so I may sit down for an hour and it's out. This mm -hmm. poem 
the title came to me, but it took me a month to write. And because I and I see it significant because I wrote the date I wrote the dates on the page, and it took me a month to actually write it. And I think in that process, it was me trying to heal, you know, trying to find my own healing by being able to articulate the truth of what I was feeling. And it always, what I've discovered in my my faith journey is how love is always the healer. And when I return to a place of feeling love and thinking about love and just bringing, conjuring up the experience of love, when I sit in that space, I can find healing. And that's kind of what I felt about the world. I was like, that's what the love, you know, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Like that was, that was how I felt. But mm-hmm. that's the kind of message that a lot of people cannot hear when they're caught in that place of anger and rage and so many other things like that. So, so that's where it came from. Well, that's really uh, insightful on your part to recognize that people can't always hear when they're emotionally overwrought. But there's so much truth in what you're saying about love really being the healing force for any and every circumstance. Um, you know, is really that that whole understanding is dipped in wisdom. So you're really to be commended for sharing that, for, for, for writing it, sharing it here. And you know, I'm really hopeful that you'll be publishing because I, you know, we're all getting a chance to see you know, real talent here, and um, it's honest, you know, you, you really are bringing integrity to the page, and, and to the listeners, and, and hopefully the readers, when your books are, books, notice I said that, your books <laughs> get published. Thank you. <laughs> um, what, what are your future plans? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, my, my first future plan is to be a lot more open about what the future holds. Um, I sometimes I I try to think my way. I think my way into paralysis sometimes because I'm like, well, what about this and what about this and what about this? And I'll have all of these lists of things that could happen and what would happen if this happened and who would care and who do I need to talk to? And then I find myself spinning. And so this year, I actually have really kind of devoted myself to kind of taking my hands off of where things are going, but. I very definitively set an intention of being open to what is for what is mine to experience and what is coming in. So like when this came about and, you know, after I talked to Marjorie and she was like, oh, my friend Emma does this thing, would you be interested? And I was like, absolutely, because I'm just I'm being watchful and mindful and attentive and looking for these opportunities to just encounter people and to have experiences and places where I'm able to give voice to my truth and practice doing that a little bit more. Um, So whatever that means and whatever that looks like, I would say those are my future plans. I just don't have them because you know, I always say that's 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 God's business. That's God's business. I'm 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 waiting to see where uh where they go. But I am um I'm just I'm planning to be my my main plan for the future is just being open 
and being watchful for opportunities to be my show up as my truest self. Well, you know that what you ask for, you do receive, and you're putting it out in the yeah, universe. I know. That's how you know we connected because you and I are complete yeah. total strangers. You know, we've talked about you know an unexpected encounter. You know, this is you know this is what this has turned out to be which I am very much enjoying. So I am so glad you decided you wanted to be more adventuresome um, because look how many people are going to you know, benefit and, and grow just from listening to you describe your journey and understanding that um, it's, it's all possible. You know, it's, everything yeah. is all possible, your intentions. I will just, I will also say, as I'm looking at your beautiful picture, I'm like, it's funny because I was trying to decide what to wear and I had like three different color schemes, like three different tops laid out. And I asked my daughter, I was like, okay, one is green, one is purple, which is my favorite color. And there's this red one. And I was like, which one should I wear? And she's like, uh, uh, uh. and she's like, I was like, I know what I'm thinking. I was like, I'm thinking red, but I didn't say that to her, but she was thinking red also. I was like, okay, the red top. Like, I think I'm gonna wear my hair out a little bit more today. Okay. And as soon as your picture came up, I was like, oh, it's like we planned this. Yeah. <laughs> this is the second time this is happening. everywhere. Yes. This that's is, awesome. This is happening a lot to me. Um, so, the, and that's part of what I'm putting out in the universe, you know, saying that, you know, yes. what, you know, this venture for me is really um, an exploration. Um, I never thought I wanted to talk to people or anybody would want to talk to me, but I'm having such a great time talking to folks. You know, here we are. Here we are. So, no, I think that this calls awesome for another place you poem. created. Well, yeah. You want yeah, another yeah. one? Yes. Yes. Uh, hmm. Let's see. What else is in here that I can play with? Okay. So I told you. Um, I told you that my my God concept has been changing. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of, you know, where this whole spiritual journey has kind of taken me. And so as that's happening, um, when an advisor that I spoke to, you know, I was telling her, I was like, I have a challenge because, you know, when it comes to my faith tradition that, you know, I still am very active with my church family. I love them. It's my home. Um, but I recognize that when we get to certain kind of, I believe type of things, it's like, I don't know if I can say all of these things anymore. So what do I do? And an advisor said, you know, they said, write your own, write your own creed. Okay. They said, and I said, okay, so I'm going to write my own creed. And so I have a piece that I wrote January 1st last year, because that was when I kind of said for myself that I need to start stating what these things are. Um, so I have a poem called The Creed. So I, we'll see how it goes. <clears throat> I want to talk about God, the God I know, not the one that was introduced to me so long ago, masqueraded by every well-intentioned attempt to help us get better acquainted. No, this God comes to me bared and unrestrained, unable to do any less than overwhelm me with love and acceptance, constantly whispering words, declaring my worth, my capability, my perfection, my undeniable goodness as one of its own. God the Father, God the Mother, God the beautiful union of each dichotomous idea, the resulting perfection ringing with soaring, swelling harmonies 
that move me to tears each time I'm still enough to hear them in my soul. This is the God I know. I want to talk about Christ, the Christ that Jesus discovered and demonstrated, but didn't imagine that we would never claim as our own. The very tangible, individualized core self that remains constantly in tune with God, even when I forget to consciously connect. Unfazed by my beliefs and unimpeded by any religious prescription or precept, my Christ remembers me undiminished, unharmed, untainted, and unaffected, and is constantly ready to remind me of that truth. This Christ is my tether to all of creation and vibrates with the necessary energies to draw me close to that which supports and furthers my soul's purpose in this lifetime and all others. Christ in me, in you, in all is the purest center of peace that rests undisturbed by any and all other ideas. It is simply the part of me that knows it is one with God and never forgets. This is the Christ I know. I want to talk about the spirit, the wind, the whispers, the constant companion that holds my hand and leads me back to Christ's shore when I have drifted. This is God's beacon, the lighthouse, the signpost, and the breadcrumbs, but also God's voice, translator, messenger, and agent. Spirit escorts God to wherever and whenever I happen to be, sometimes even when I have not been looking for it. And when I do actively and intentionally go seeking, spirit eagerly and enthusiastically guides me to the door, excited and anticipating the unspeakable joy we will find once we enter. This is the spirit I know. This indescribable existence I know as God is best understood as love in every form. God loves me in falling raindrops, falling snow, and falling leaves loves me with the scent of wildflowers and in birdsong, loves me even through the spider crawling on my window and the mosquito's bite, though it may be harder for me to see it that way. God loves me with my youngest daughter's smile, my oldest daughter's laughter, and even through my stepdaughter's rejection and distrust. God loves me with the breaths my two angels never took and the tears we have all cried in their memory. God loves me with my mother's mother's memories and my father's mother's care, with my father's father's bruised pride and my mother's father's unwillingness to submit. God loves me with my husband's every single breath and every moment we spend together or apart. And God has loved me every day since I took breath in this life with the acceptance, pride, understanding, and support of my mother, my father, and brother and on and on and on. God loves me with the laughter and joy I share with others, be they stranger or friend. Loves me in each shared moment and experience in a way that is uniquely mine to understand and appreciate. God loves me by allowing me to be loved to others in ways that are natural to me and by flooding me with humble joy at each encounter. God loves me by drawing me step-by-step moment by moment towards that which is mine to do. But most of all, God loves me because I am, and there is no further requirement or stipulation beyond that. This I believe, this I know, this I declare, amen.
the creed. And so it is. Oh my goodness. And so it is. <laughs> I, I don't have anything to add to that. That is just a really magnificent declaration of who you are and your understanding of God. And you have found your way. You have clearly found your way. Yeah, it feels like that. And it feels, it's the peace and the, just the, the freedom and the breath of release is just, it's amazing. Every moment of every day, when I actually stop long enough just to say, look at where we're going, look at who God is becoming through me every moment. And it's just, it's amazing. The, the, the last line where you simply say, God loves me because I am. I snickered because I was like, this, uh, I had forgotten that that was in there. And, you know, we talked about I am and that, that right there is the crux of what, for me, what my faith life is really all about. Like, I don't have to do things. I don't have to say specific things. I don't, I don't have to get it right all the time. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to follow. I just am. And that's and enough. It is enough. And, and you know, um, many times people, well, let's, let me say this. Many times I have wondered about the real meaning of I am that I am. That's the name of God. And I've come yeah. to understand it differently I am, comma, that, which could be whatever mm. it is, I am. And so it's the, the alpha and the omega. It's God through everything. There's just no place. And there's no place where God is not. And there's nothing that God is not. Yes. So um, I, I'm just so <laughs> enlightened and thrilled by, by this conversation that we're having. We're having no idea where we were going to go with it. Um, Right. <laughs> but it's it's this is a, a journey and a pleasure. It's really a pleasure. Um, it's interesting because you talk about intention. One of the things that I intended was that um, just folks be a, a comfortable place where people could have a spirit led or spirit based experience. And I mentioned that very briefly um, on the Facebook group. If you go to the about part, when it explains, you know, who or what is just folks conversations with Emma. And that was my intention. And I'm just always in amazement to see who shows up, who, who has that understanding and who's on that journey. Um, and all of our journeys are very independent, you know, of, or they're very individual, you know, they're very personal. Yeah. Um, but it's beautiful when uh, we can share. And you, you just don't know who you're going to enlighten in, uh, along the way as, as you share your experiences and your understanding. Any more poems? Yeah, one more you'd like um, to share? 
not anything that comes to mind. I think I think the ones that I shared are probably the most aligned with who I am now and where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And they give me it's funny because I haven't you know, as usually when I I write and then I put, you know, the book gets put away until the next time I write. And it's very seldom that I actually go back and read through mm-hmm. um, my poems. And so I had, you know, I wrote that the beginning of last year and I didn't even remember that I had written it until I went summing through my, my, my journal today or yesterday. I was like, oh, I had forgotten about this. I need to read this like every day. <laughs> um mm-hmm. You know, just to have, because that was the reason that I wrote it. So I would have it available to me to remind myself and to give me something to speak. So that's going to be part of my new practice is, you know, stating my creed every day. Because, I mean, it feels, it's it's my authentic truth spoken without reservation, without analysis, um, without questioning because I know where it came from when I wrote it and it just it feels amazing so I I thank you for being one of the instruments of this part of my my spiritual journey and the space that you've created to to give allow people like me to give voice to things that we may not otherwise do so I no. celebrate what you've done, and it's awesome. And I'm excited to 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 see to stay along the along for the ride and see where else you go to. Well, thank you, and it it is divinely inspired. I'm not even taking credit for it because I came to it yeah. through doing it as a project, really for my church. And um, mm-hmm. I had such a great time doing it for them. I decided, why not? You know, why not do it for me too? Again, divinely inspired. Well, is there anything else you'd like to um, add? Any? I do have a question for you, though, because you write very mm-hmm. well. You know, you, you're skillful as a writer, you know, putting the inspirational piece not aside, but just, just holding that off for a little bit. Do you have, um, did, did you study writing in some form? Is that a concerted effort on your part? Um, no, I've, I've always I love reading. Um, my mom was a librarian um, for like, that was her profession. That, that's her profession when she's retired now. But um, so I've always loved to read. Um, my actual like training and skill is actually in math. I'm a statistician. Like that's my job. Um, I'm a number puncher. Really? Um, but oh, yeah. <laughs> nobody would believe that. <laughs> I know it, people are always confused, but yes, that is my, that is, how I make my living. That is what my, um, that is what my math was always my love, my favorite subject going to school. Um, but I also enjoyed writing. Um, I remember when I was a senior in high school, my English teacher was taken aback that I was going to major in math when I went to college. She was like, what? <laughs> um, so I love words. I just, I love, I'm much better. I, I like to write words because I can think a little bit better. I'm I'm not, as fond of speaking off the top of my head because um, I can ramble and I get sidetracked and then I start laughing at myself, which, you know, 
could be distracting, but I love having the opportunity to really think about my words and how they feel and how they, how they sound and how they flow together. It's like, it's just, it's, it's like creating a party on a page and just bringing together all of the different people that want to hang out and seeing how they interact. Um, it's just fun for me. Um, so I love wordsmithing and people, people like the way I write casually. Like I used to get compliments on like emails that I would write to people just talking about whatever was going on. They're like, I love your emails. And I'm like, okay. Didn't think that was a thing, but so, um, so yeah, no, no real, no training on any part, just a real, a love for freedom of expression and the beautiful, colorful ways of putting things um, in your own voice. It's just, it's, I find it soothing. Well, you have blessed us by uh, following your, your inclinations and your, your passion. But I must say, I'm I'm aghast. Is that that's the wrong word? Astonished. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Astonished to find out that you work with numbers when you have such a gift with words. It's just oh yeah. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I guess then we've kind of come to the end of part one because you know there has to be a part two, uh, and we'll we'll <laughs> we'll figure that out. Um, but I, I do okay. thank you for your time and the honesty of sharing your journey, your spiritual journey, uh, the process, you know, how you have arrived at these, this truth for you, this understanding, because it was certainly going to help other people in their journeys. Um, and it's just been a real pleasure to talk to you. I'm having a ball. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I thank you for having me. This is this has brought so much joy to to my day. I'm 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 a happy person generally, but this my smile is is truly heartfelt. I have enjoyed this so much. So I, I thank you so much for reaching out and inviting me to come sit and have a, a conversation. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you so much for saying yes. And I'll be signing off now. So so long. But I will be seeing you soon. You've been listening to Just Folks Conversations with Emma on Anchor and Spotify. You can find more Just Folks Conversations with Emma on my YouTube channel of the same name. Please give a thumbs up and subscribe. And I invite you to join my Facebook group where you can meet more really great folks just like you. See you soon.